Well, congratulations on making it to the final episode. I'm AJ Venegas, Director of Life Groups and Discipleship. And I'm Danny Strange, Senior Pastor of Three Crosses. And today we are going to conclude this podcast series talking about how you are loved. Pastor Danny, we made it to the end of our series. We've seen from various members of our staff talking about different concepts of the Imago Dei. Uh, You've seen outlines of of different things that we talked about. I'm wondering if there was a concept that you came across, whether it's in your study or whether it's something that somebody mentioned that um, stood out in particular to you. Early on in our study, we started talking about this idea in the Genesis account that God is an artisan king. And that idea of our God being an artisan and us being in the image of God as artisans, for some reason, really just brought this awe and uh, I don't even know how to describe it, just this kind of wonder to me of, okay, this has to be significant. What does this mean? And I'm looking right now in the office at this uh, picture of San Francisco, kind of cityscape on the wall. You see the ferry building, the bay, these beautiful marvels of human engineering. Uh, I've been talking to folks from the Livermore Lab this month who are part of this big fusion reactor uh, that's creating renewable energy. And we're seeing these human accomplishments, whether it's in art or science or engineering. And it just strikes me that all of this is part of what it means that we are created in the image of God. And so I I feel like I'm, I'm just longing to lean into that a little more in this next season to figure out what does it mean for me to step into this artisan nature of who God is and not be a cookie cutter person, but really partner with God in the artistic, creative capacity that he's infused us with as his image bears. Yeah, that interesting concept of the democratization of the royal image bearing saying that, yeah, all of humanity has dignity and juxtaposing that with the ancient uh, literature, the ancient thought, ancient um, milieu of the time, and just how it brings such life to humanity. And and just we've been bestowed with tremendous purpose from our God who, who loves us. And that's kind of the last culminating you are statement. You are loved. And so I want to ask another question about um, your studies, Pastor Danny. I know you do a lot to dive into the topic um, that we're going to be talking about all of 2023. um, And it starts with this foundation of what exactly is the image of God. And so you mentioned Artisan King. Uh, You know, we talked a little bit about creativity and art. And uh, we talked a lot about contributing to this human project, whether it's designing a table, uh, you know, working in sales for that table, uh, driving the roads to deliver that table, all these different things working together, all of us using these, uh, our image bearing capacity to contribute to this human uh, society uh, towards the glory of God. And so I'm wondering in your personal studies and your, your meditation and your prayer um, over this topic, as we kind of wrestle with it together, um, what is one thing that we can take away uh, from this series as we tie a ribbon on the image of God discussion? And we talk about this concept of being in his image means being infused with his mission uh, to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, rule over the earth, subdue it. 
Uh, and so part of it, like we've talked about this artisan nature of creatively uh, rearranging raw materials to increase their fruitfulness like Adam did in the garden. Uh, that's part of it being image bearers. I think one of the teachings that uh, from this series that is inherent at its core uh, is the procreative capacity of human beings and how that even more ultimately fulfills the image bearing of God, be fruitful and multiply. I think a lot of times uh, we we don't think about childbearing as being part of the Imago Dei mandate or the Missio Dei ma- mandate or connected with the us imaging God. And yet really the most creative thing we do is this uh, procreative activity of coming together in love with our spouse and experiencing the fruit of love in the birthing of children. And there is nothing more closely connected with Genesis 1 and 2 and the image of God and the mission of God than an act of love that begets life and procreates life into the world. You know, I think a lot about the, the role of parenthood. I've got six kids at home and I've realized long ago that my greatest calling in this world and any of our callings as mothers or fathers, if we have kids in this world, our greatest calling is in raising generation after generation of folks who understand their place within the image and mission of God and follow Christ with their lives. I think this is such a, a huge part of the the mandate of God in the early pages of scriptures that Jesus, I believe, recapitulates this in the Great Commission, speaking to those who, whether you have children or don't have children, all of us can participate in the procreative aspect of the mission of God by, Jesus says, going into the world and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When we see Jesus imaging God and it's kind of initiating this resurrection life on the first day of the new creation after his resurrection, what he tells us is a recapitulation of Genesis 1 and 2, that it is not merely in procreation which in, within the loving relationship of the marriage construct that we image and live out the mission of God, but in discipleship, evangelism, in local church, the very work of bringing folks to the to the Lord, that's the same thing. This is God begetting new birth by his spirit as folks turn to him. And so whether you have kids or don't have kids, this is this procreative aspect of the image of God is for you uh, because it is recapitulated by Jesus in the Great Commission through an evangelism and discipleship lens as well. So this procreative aspect, whether it's new spiritual birth, new physical birth, or both, is a huge part of this concept. I love how we often point to things like the Great Commission and the cultural mandate, which we talked about a little bit in Genesis 1, Matthew 28, and we immediately jump to what we're called to do. Like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And I think the one thing I'm going to take away from this experience is, again, going back to the why. I think understanding that it's the truest thing about us, the image of God, it, it it fuels our identity to the point where it just kind of bleeds out into how we do things and what we eventually do. And it's so countercultural because we're, we're always told like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And that's like the truest thing about you, which truest thing about you is uh, just a teaser for what's to come in the next series. But, um, it's a great book. Uh, you'll see when we get there, but, um, yeah, really, driving at that core identity that just overflows into actions and understanding that yeah part of that identity is going out making disciples because that's who we were made to be and that's what it looks like to uh, restore this image bearing capacity in our lives 
um, through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Well, AJ, let me pause you real quick so that I can do two things. One, commend you because you guys listening at home might not know this, but uh, we've got a team of people working on the series this year. And uh, this one was AJ's first challenge. He had to go with our first series. And so he did, you did a fantastic job pulling together so many deep and wide resources to build a really robust theology for us of what it means to be in the image of God, to live out the image of God. Uh, and so I want to turn the tables a little bit and ask you, you've been in the books deeper than I have even. Uh, so give us a glimpse. What, what's something that stood out to you as you've walked through this personally in this study? Yeah, I think writing on the telos, which is sort of like the end game, which I uh, communicated in one of the last episodes, uh, was pretty difficult. I think I've always wondered what goes on in heaven. You know, there's a common phrase out there that like the party is actually in hell. So like, I don't want any part to do with whatever is in heaven and uh, understanding the image of God and how we end up glorified. Uh, our bodies are restored. Our, our spirits are united with Christ. And that identity, again, flows out into actions. And so it just created this imagination in me of like, what does it look like to to be an image bearer of God in heaven. And I think understanding that work is something that might be there. And I, I, I get this feeling when I do something that I really love. It's just like this beautiful, like I feel so like alive and there's something deep purpose. And I know a lot of us struggle with that because you might be in a nine to five where it's just like, man, I'm just trying to get through it. But Man, imagine all of eternity contributing in such a way that fuels exactly who I am and contributes to people out of just this pure love and glory to God. But then also understanding that like it's not going to be constant work. I mean, people listening, you might be thinking like, oh man, work for eternity. That sounds terrible. But like this rhythm of enjoying God and understanding that in Revelation, it talks about um existing in God's presence. He's in the middle of the city. Like we're, we're with him. And I, I think I've been just so struck at fascinating. Like I think the new Testament authors always talk about holding on to this hope that we have in store for us in heaven. And I've kind of been vague about it. Cause like our culture has kind of, you know, taken over those conversations. Um, you know, maybe it's like streets lined with gold and like this gate where it's like, you're either in or you're out. And like, you know, thinking of all different like movie imageries about heaven. Um, but I think there's something just so beautiful about this new heaven and new earth concept that started off as a garden and ends up as a garden city that is flourishing where humans are living in harmony and where we're enjoying God forever. I think as I think about my answer, I'm kind of reiterating the same thing I've been saying. Like it's it's something that's deep within our being and understanding that is going to lead out into actions. But I know personally myself, like sometimes those actions just do not align with this restored image bearing capacity that I know I have as, as a follower of Christ. And so this brings us to that last you are statement that we wanted to end on. You are loved. Uh, Pastor Danny, we decided to end it on you are loved because I think we're all kind of wrestling with this as at, at the beginning of the show, we talked about how it's just kind of a hard concept to grasp because maybe we're just 
we're still in our struggles, whatever the situation is, we can't quite grasp what it means to be an image bearer of God. Yet, throughout this ongoing process of becoming like Christ, we discover that we're loved. And that even if we do mess up, that Christ paid for our sins, he loved us so much that he came to us and died, rose again, so that we would be united with him and restored as these royal image bearers. So pastorally, again, practically, as we leave this series, how does understanding that we are truly and deeply loved help us navigate life as we know it? I would take it a step back. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but ask a sure. we'll question before. We'll allow it. Uh, I would ask first, how does the image of God tell us that we are loved? Uh, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, and then move into that. Because I do think, what I've been thinking while we've been talking today is just uh, the Genesis account, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, is nothing but an act of love, a creative act of love, a procreative act of love, where God saw fit to bring us into existence for his glory, his delight, and to delight in us. And so I think when we think about whether we're talking about work, suffering, right, kingdom work, heaven, work with no suffering. There's this idea that, okay, when we look at Genesis 1 and 2, we see this perfect plan of a God who loved his people so much, he brought them into the world and said, hey, partner with me in creating this playground where we can rule and reign together forever and ever and ever. It'll be this beautiful, beautiful thing. I got this image as I studied the texts of scripture for this series of God, this is probably heretical, but not merely as a father, but through this procreative like descendancy as a grandfather. This idea of just delighting and watching his children create children, create children, and thinking, uh, which watching us play, watching us build, watching us discover as a parent delights in his children. So I think it is hard for us to uh, feel loved sometimes on this planet because of fallenness, when it feels like we're suffering, we're tired, it's hard. How could God even love me? So that's where I feel like Genesis 1, Genesis 2 is so helpful to see, okay, this is God's plan. And like you said with the telos, this is God's future. Now we live here in the middle and the posture of God as a loving parent is to call us home, dust us off like the prodigal son and reunite him with him, us with himself and recommission us on his mission again. And I think when we can have that switch flipped in our mind, uh, we can see that everything we put our hand to do can be something we cooperate with the Lord in as an act of creative love as we move about this planet. And so I think you can go to work and feel, man, I am so deeply loved by God that we can partner together to do this work of artisanship together, whether it's in this bank I work at or in this school I work at or uh collecting this trash or whatever it is that I'm doing. It's I am creating a clean and beautiful and uh, growing, thriving world as I partner with God in whatever I put my hand to do. There's this from this love that we see in the Imago Day, we have a new reason for being a new why that affects our how that affects our what we do with our day. And I think I, I've been struck as we walk through the series that that is not merely true of Christians. That is true of non-believers as well. That it is not just the Christians who are created in the image of God, but humans are created in the image of God, 
Right? Jesus talks about the Imago Dei in Matthew 25 when he says, I tell you the truth, whatever you do to the least one of these, you do unto me through this lens of this person, wherever they're standing in life, whoever they are, wherever they've come from, whether they're poor or rich or clean or dirty or Christian or non-Christian, they're creating God's image and the way that you approach and treat them is how you treat me myself because I love them as much as I love you. I was thinking about a uh, church father, Justin Martyr, who we've talked about a little bit before on this podcast. Uh, but, but he talks about this idea that God has revealed himself to humanity. And as we reveal, re, as we respond positively to his revelation, we draw nearer to him and image him better. And so finally, obviously the most explicit place where we can respond to him is in the message of Jesus in the gospel. But even as if you're not a believing person, as you start growing in your ethic, you start growing in your understanding of who God is, whether you know him or not, you're in a sense understanding what it means to be a human and thriving and living. And you come to a place where you are ready for the gospel to come into your life where you say, oh, that is the God who loved me. That is what he did for me. And that becomes the next step to respond positively to him. So I think knowing this Imago Dei concept and knowing how the fall has affected it and knowing his plan for restoration and the telos of the kingdom of God can help us, wherever we are on this earth, know that God loves us, that he delights in us, that he is for us, and he is drawing us to himself. And every commandment, every urging, every word he gives to us is an act of love to draw us near to him and help us unlock the beauty that we can find in being created in the image and likeness of God. We released this uh, series at the beginning of the year 2023. Uh, anticipating that we were going to talk a lot about identity and concepts around that identity. And we really wanted to grab the image of God concept. Um, if you've made it to day 30, congratulations. Pastor Danny, I'm wondering if you have like a good next step, if people want to keep exploring uh, deeper into this concept, or, you know, maybe they're just radically confused at all of this philosophy and, and ancient Near East talk or whatever that we're talking about. Um, what's a good next step for people? Oh, I think, first of all, if you've listened to all 30 days of this podcast, <laughs> congratulations. I would say, let your next step be, send me an email and tell me that you did that. <laughs> I want to take you out to coffee and hear what you've learned. Um, we are delighted that you've walked through this with us. Uh, we are a church that's passionate, not merely about reaching lost folks in the name of Jesus, but about creating a healthy church where we are, are transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. And part of that comes through the discipleship that happens in our mind, in our worldview. And so um, next step, yeah, I'd say send me an email, Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, at threecrosses.org, the number threecrosses.org. Um, and I'd love to talk to you about that. I, I would encourage you to find some next steps resources on uh, these concepts, whether it's the Imago Day or maybe it's a next step of growing in your mind and having your mind renewed into the image of God. And so we would love to help you find a book, a resource, a small group. Um, but hey, what, whatever that is, we're happy to help you find it. Um, easy next steps. If you're not connected in a worshiping community at a local church, do that. If you're not yet connected in a life group or a community group, do that. If you're not yet serving in the local church, do that. If you're not yet a member of your local church, do that. These are easy ways to get connected with the body life of the church where God can start renewing you with others. And we're happy to help you take those next steps along the way. Awesome. Well, that does it for the 30 day challenge. Trying to answer the question, who are you? If you've enjoyed it, please feel free to reach out. We love hearing feedback. Uh, we're trying to figure out creative ways to use this 
platform uh, to see how we can continue to reach people with this beautiful message of the gospel. And uh, Pastor Danny, thank you. Thanks for putting this together. It's been amazing.